speaks sometimes, she'll say, so here's how I want you to introduce me. So here's how I'm introduced to She says, my favorite thing, my favorite thing is to do service projects with the kids. So she's always looking for op uh, uh, opportunities to serve in the community or at church right alongside our kids. And I love it when I get a chance to go along and be a part of that. Um, she's a great lady. We have two great kids. Kara is 16. And uh, so the big news in our house, right, is that Kara's gotten her license now. She got it right before Thanksgiving, and, uh, and we are excited about that. She's a good driver. Uh, but what we love is that now we can say, oh, I forgot something at the store. Hey, Kara, can you run to the store and get that? Right? Now, Kara thought that was really cool for about five times. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I'll go. And now she's like, yeah, I'll go, right? But we think it's even better than we thought it was going to be because now we're not going, and it's awesome. Kara has got a, uh, a heart for uh, hurting and lost people, and she's feeling a call by God to be a medical missionary, and we are just excited to see her begin to take the steps to follow after that call and explore what that means. And uh, she is, um, she's a special Blake is almost 12, and Blake is all boy. Um, I came home the other day, and uh, they are they started several months ago uh, building a neighborhood next to our neighborhood, right? So the earth movers are out, and they're pushing dirt, they're knocking down trees, and they're doing all those cool things uh, right next door to us. And uh, I came home one day, Blake meets me at the door and says, Dad, you'll never guess what happened today. And I get sucked into a story that starts like that, right? And I'm like, what, like, what happened today? And he's like, it was the coolest thing. We found a hole that was 10 feet deep, and we got into it, and we couldn't get out. It was awesome, right? <laughs> and there was smoke, and there was fire, and there was danger, and there was adventure, and all those things. And it was great. Finally, Mom came and pulled him out with a rope. And then uh, told them, if you're going to play in the hole, you have to figure out how to get out of it. And so they did figure out how to get out of it. And so for the next two weeks, they played in the big hole that was uh, next to our house. And uh, I'm sure all the construction guys love that. But uh, Blake is all boy. Uh, he's one of those kids though, that always has a song going on in his heart. And uh, it's, uh, usually has a song coming out of his mouth um, as well. And we love to watch him use that uh, to worship the Lord. And, uh, so, I'm blessed to be a part of a great family, and uh, over the last 20 years I've been working with parents, kids, uh, families, uh, in the local church setting, and in the last year really I've gotten to be much more partnering with lots of different churches, doing some speaking and teaching, uh, and training uh, parents to lead their kids in a godly way, and uh, I'm excited about it. So, thanks for being here with me tonight. We're going to talk tonight about uh, teachable moments. So if you've got, there are a couple worksheets on your uh, table. The one with the oval on it is page two. So you can slide that underneath. But let's start with the definition. Let's start with the definition of a teachable moment. Here's how I define a teachable moment. A teachable moment is a situation, an event, an observation or an object that presents a choice, a chance to teach a truth about God or show faith in actions. 
or coach a life skill. Right? Let me say it again. A teachable moment is a situation, an event, an object, or an observation that presents a chance to teach a truth about God, or to show faith in action, or to coach a life skill. And here's the cool thing. Teachable moments happen every day. But they are kind of like slippery little things. They sneak up on us. They don't last very long. And if we don't have eyes to see them, they're gone and we miss the opportunity. So what we're going to talk about tonight is how can we uh, capture the time for teachable moments. Because time is a slippery thing as well. We look up and all of a sudden it's a way past our bedtime. Or we look up and our week has flown by and we look back on it and we go, oh, I missed some great opportunities. So we want to learn how can we capture the time as we go along. Or we find some uh, some help uh, in how can we grab how can we grab onto a teachable moment. I love that this gathering is called D6, right? And I'm sure you know that D6 comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6. That's the inspiration for the name. So if you've got your Bible, flip open, otherwise make a note, Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I want to read for you verses 6 and 7 tonight. Here's what it says. Moses is addressing the whole nation of Israel, and he's reiterating, he's going over the law again. A new generation of adults. And Moses wants to make sure that they understand what God has intended for them. And so this is what he says. Actually, back up to verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Why, parents? Because we can't tap on what we don't think of. So Moses says the first step is for God's law, God's uh, a relationship with God is to be on your hearts first. I love the way that this translation says it. That you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands. And then what are we to do with it? Look in verse 7. It says, uh, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, and when you're away on a journey, when you lie down, and when you're getting up again. You know what Moses is doing there? He's giving us, uh, he's giving us some opportunities to look at parts of our day where teachable moments typically pop up. Because what he's saying to parents here is, this is the way that we pass faith to our kids in everyday life. It doesn't happen primarily in an hour of Sunday school on Sunday morning. It happens every day, minute by minute, as we do life alongside our kids. If we have eyes to see it, we can take advantage of it. So what are the four times in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7, what were the four times that Moses mentions? 
The first one was what? Tell me. When you sit at home, okay? And I wrote it this way, when we have time at home. So what are some of the activities that we're typically doing when we're at home? Somebody, tell me. I can't hear well. Speak up. Okay, we're eating together. Good. What else? Homework. Excellent. What else? Playing. Playing. Good. Anything else? Okay, we're taking baths. Good. Cleaning. Okay, we're cleaning. Anything else? We're working. Chores. Excellent. Anything else? Any other ideas? One more. I'll take one more. Disciplining. Okay, we're going to say bedtime. What was this over here? Disciplining. Okay, disciplining, right? We have all of these activities that happen while we're at home, and it's in everyday life. It just happens. And as we're going through our day, what, what Moses is saying to the nation of Israel, what God is saying to us, is uh, these are opportunities where teachable moments tend to show up when we're at home. All right, what's the second thing in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7? What's another one of those times of life? What else did you find there? Traveling. Okay, when you're traveling. And I put it this way, when you're on the go. Now, whether that means that you're uh, in a long uh, car ride, right? Uh, my, uh, Angie, my wife, and uh, Blake, my uh, almost 12-year-old, we were on a road trip this last weekend, seven and a half hours to Southern Illinois. Uh, right? But we have seven and a half hours. He can't get away. <laughs> right? So if I go into those seven and a half hours prepared with just a couple of things, man, I have an opportunity to ask some questions that usually I can't get into to sit still long enough that I can ask. And we can explore some questions that he's got that maybe he's been chewing on or maybe he's been brewing on, all right? We get a chance to, uh, to unpack some things in a seven and a half hour ride. But it's not always that way. We're not always on those big long rides. Sometimes they're a little bitty. But when we're on the go, we often are running into other situations, other opportunities uh, that open up for us in life. Like, we get cut off while we're driving. Right? Now, that's a teachable moment. Whether you want to recognize it or not, your kids are watching. I remember when Kara, my 16-year-old, was in kindergarten, and my responsibility was to carpool her or take her to, uh, to school in the morning. Well, there was a girl that lived in the house behind us. She carpooled with us, and while we're driving, our traffic was crazy. We lived in a suburb of uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Traffic was nuts. And those mornings, we'd be sitting in line for the, the four-way stop, and I'd hear in the back, back row, Hey, lady, hurry up! And I'm going, oh, is that my daughter? Where did she hear that? Right? I'm checking in the rearview mirror. Who said that? But I, was, I, I hope it was the neighbor's kid. Right? But our kids are always watching, and there are teachable moments in the way we respond to other people. When Carol was in second grade, uh, we were at Walmart shopping together. I remember that was uh, one day when I was checking out, right? I was buying the stuff, and as I was paying for the groceries, um, the, the cashier gave me too much change, okay? 
And we have been modeling for our kids for a long time how do we handle money. So I was kind of talking through with Kara, here's how much the bill is, here's how much we saved in coupon, here's how much, uh, here's how much I paid, now here's how much I got back on the call. So I said to Kara, you know, as I got the change, and we get out of the way, because you know, there's a line before. And so I start counting the change, and I notice it's too much. And I said to Kara, I said, what should we do? I mean, I got, I got three bucks too much. Now, we could either go get ice cream. What should we do? Great opportunity to be able to ask her a question. What do we do? We talked about it. She's like, well, Dad, really, we should get it back. Really, I think we I think we should. So we went and stood in another line at the customer service uh, so that we could get the three dollars back. And let me tell you, teachable moments. Teachable moments. And it happens when we're on the go. What's the, uh, what's the third one, the third time of our day that you see there in, the, in that verse? Okay, when you lie down. This is, oh, when you lie down. That's nighttime routine, which is actually wrong on my thing. Okay, it's bedtime routines, right? What are some of the elements of bedtime routines for those of you who have uh, kids at home? What are some of those elements? Brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. Thank you. Google oral hygiene. Okay? It's very tough when our kids get into junior high. Okay? What else? Okay? Reading books together. What else? Checking homework. Okay? Checking homework right before bedtime. Good, good, good. Anything else? Hey, praying together today. Anything else? Let me tell you, one of the things that we have found to be a huge blessing in our house is to review the day. When we have the opportunity just to look back over our day and say, hey, what challenges, what challenges did I face today? What victories did I see today? What, where did I see that God showed up for me today? And we get a chance to look back over our day and help build a prayer list maybe out of those things. Oh man, here's a time that I was really challenged. You know what? I did the wrong thing. Let's put that on the list of something that we're going to confess. Oh man, I saw God show up in this way. Didn't think it was going to work out, and it did. God showed up. Cool. Let's put that on our thankful list and, and thank God for that. We have these opportunities right around bedtime. The other to capture some teachable moments. All right, and the fourth one? What's the fourth one in that verse? When you get up, right? Morning routines. And we have this opportunity to set the tone for the whole day in the way that we start our days together, right? Maybe uh, some of us have those, uh, those traditions or those routines of praying together before we leave the house, or eating breakfast together, sharing the scripture together, um, but just working on how do we set the tone for the day. And we have this opportunity to, uh, to face or to look for some teachable moments. All right? These are four really important areas or times in our day. And guess what? All of us have them. All of us have them. But we have to kind of open our eyes to see it. All right? Here's the thing. 
many of us will find ourselves at the end of the day looking back on our day going, ah, I missed some opportunities. And what I have found to be true in my life is that there are some things that tend to eat or steal my time. So I want to look at some of those really quickly, and then we're going to end uh, tonight with some strategies. How can we take advantage of teachable women when they show up? All right? There are some things that tend to steal our time. Here's the first one. A marvelous steward house. Okay? Now, some of y'all do not relate to this. <laughs> and I know that. But there are some of us who do. And we, uh, we really value everything having a place and everything in its place and the house being kind of like a museum and really clean. I suppose some of that has to do with the age of your kids and what season are you in, right? Or how much energy you have. If you do Pilates, maybe you've got all kinds of energy to be able to chase around behind a three-year-old and just leave stuff in its place, right? But some of us tend to go really, uh, we, we get really uh, sidetracked or we get distracted by everything's got to be clean. I got I to gotta have the perfect homestead. So I love the thing now. I am so blessed that my wife has taught me because I'll tell you when she married me, I didn't even know how to spell clean, right? And she was patient, and she was kind, and she was, well, she didn't talk in code, right? Clean up the underwear, right? We're not gonna live like that, right? So we, she trained me over the years, and so, thankfully, I learned that. Okay, there were a couple of good ones. Um, I won't get up. Are we going to do a money thing? I'll come back. I'll talk to you about how she trained you with the money, too. All right, that's good. But the first one sometimes, for some of us, is that Martha Stewart house. Everything's got to be perfect. And when we spend too much time in that area, we are distracted from taking advantage of some of the teachable moments that cross off. All right? What's another one? Right? Now, listen, I can point the finger right here. In fact, there aren't very many on this list that I didn't just sit down and go, okay, what eats my time, right? What steals my time? I, I, I preach to myself about this stuff. But sometimes it's the sports, whether it's watching it, or whether it's going to the gym, or whether it's uh, you know getting together with buddies, playing basketball, or doing whatever it is. But sometimes this piece can distract us from taking advantage of teachable moments that, that come up in the course of life, okay? None of these things are bad things. Some of these things tend to steal away our time that we could use for teachable moments. Here's another one. Hobbies. It could be scrapbooking, it could be uh, television, it could be um, uh, Facebook or what else? I don't know. What, what are the other ones? I don't know. But that, right? Social media and connecting with other people. Sometimes those things have a tendency to steal away our time and our focus and our attention. Right? Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. But just be aware that sometimes those are the things that steal those moments 
when we have an opportunity to take the line of work. Alright? Work. Okay? Here's what I love to say about work. Well, we get to do it. Sometimes we have to do it. And I don't think, honestly, if you read, this is why I love it. If you read in the book of Genesis, early chapters, you realize that God gave Adam work to do before the fall. Right? So it is work is not a result of sin, which was a huge revelation to me. So I'm like, yeah, work. Right? No, work is ordained by God. It's a good thing. But sometimes our work goes too far. And if we leave our work at work, boy, have we taken a huge step forward. Leave our work at work, and when we're home, be home. Okay? My one of my favorite phrases is when, when you're present, be present. Way too often I find myself thinking about something else that's going on somewhere else and I miss what's right in front of me. Alright? Ministry. Alright? Now that one sounds holy, doesn't it? Right? I'm serving, I'm volunteering, I'm doing all these things, and they're good things. But guess what? Sometimes they steal time away from us. Here's what I want you to remember. Here's what I want you to make a note of. Listen, your first ministry, your first ministry is to your family. Your first ministry is to your family. Alright? And then the last one I put on the list, again, I'm preaching the to me, right? The last one on the list is stuff. That's just stuff. Because it seems like the more stuff we have, the more money it takes, the more, more we have to work in order to make the money, and then the less time we have. Right? Turn that. There's a, uh, there's a catch-22 that goes on in a vicious cycle. All right? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to look through that list. I want you to, uh, to put a star next to the one for you that went, oh, yeah, that one, yeah, I, uh, I identify with that okay? Uh, put a star next to one of those, all right? Choose one, and uh, put a star next to it, all right? Because as we walk out of here tonight, I want us to begin to have a plan that says, here's how I'm going to recapture time in that one area, all right? So put a star next to it, and then here's what I'd like you to do. Find somebody around your table and share with them the thing that you put the star next to, alright? I'm going to give you just uh, 30 seconds. Share it with somebody that you sit next to. The point uh, that I want to raise is not that any of those things are bad things. I want us to begin to be aware that we have some time that we can begin to carve out and, and watch for teachable moments when they happen during life. Sometimes these things tend to steal our attention and steal our time, and those are moments that we want to begin to recapture. Alright? But I want to leave you tonight by talking through what are some what are some keys to being able to capture those teachable moments. Alright? Let's look at one of them. One of them is to take the kids with you. Right. Now, how many people in here have more than one child at home? Anybody? 
All right, very good. Anybody have more than two kids at home? More than three kids at home? Yeah, okay, more than four kids at home? No. No? Okay, so three, three kids. I want to say nobody has four kids. Oh, four kids? Okay, oh, did I say more than three? More than four. Anybody have more than four? Right, listen. Obviously, I have two kids at home. I have friends who have more kids at home, right? When we start talking about taking our kids with us, here's what I'm talking about. When you run an errand on a Saturday morning, grab one of your kids and just take them along. Do the things that you need to get done. You know, all those, those Lowe's trips and those Home Depot trips, you know those. You know, I mean, Honey, I have got to go to the mall. What are you planning? I don't know, but I have got to go to the mall this morning, right? I'll find something to bring home, right? But listen, we have the opportunity when we're taking those, uh, when we're making those trips, to just take a kid with us. Use it as a time to get one on one with your kids, okay? Rather than having two or three in the car, take one. But let me tell you, you'll find that conversation comes up when the car is pretty quiet, when it's just the two of you. Now, it doesn't have to involve you buying anything for your kids. It just be your time together. Now, as my kids get older, what I love Say, hey Carol, would you take me to? I love her drive. I want to give me a chance to watch her drive. <laughs> but if you're not in the season where you have a chauffeur, it is great. But that is some great time for just the two of us. We've had, Carol and I have had some outstanding conversations. Just the two. I have a good friend named Ruth who has four kids at home. He says, You know what? I'm not a perfect dad, but every time that I go on an errand, I grab one of his kids and take him home. He's really intentional about that. And it has sharpened me, it has helped me to be more intentional about taking my kids with me. Take your kids with you. The more time that we have around our kids, the more opportunities we have to teach all of them. But listen, sometimes just having them in the car doesn't get it done. Here's the second thing. The second key is to be ready. Be ready. That means that moms and dads, we should have in our minds a list. It can be a short list. It might be one thing, but have a list of things that we want to bring up and talk about with our kids when the, the opportunity presents itself. What are some of those things that, that are on our hearts that we want to make sure that we plan in our child's life? Have you asked your kids lately, who's your best friend at, at church or at school? Do you know? 
Have you asked your kids, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Have you asked your kids, what do you feel like God might be wanting you to do when you get to be older? There are so many questions that we can begin to ask our kids that help us in conversation. But let me, let me pull you into a tool that has been huge in my family. It's this book called Passing the Baton. I've never met this guy, Mr. Hauser. Um, I don't get an endorsement for pitches his book, and I wish that I had some of those books to sell. Um, but Passing the Baton has been this great book. It's 100 things that we as parents need to teach our kids or pass on to our kids. And here's a really cool thing that I like about this, this tool is that it has uh, four different categories. It's uh, spiritual things, it's uh, general life skills, it's some specific life skills, and it's some areas in, uh, in finance and money. And not only is it goes for general categories, but also older kids and younger kids. And then he gives us some ideas. And the chapters are like a page and a half. Which I don't know about you, but that's perfect for me. The only thing that can make the book better is that there were more pictures. <laughs> right? Melissa, I found that this book is really helpful in helping me to be ready to have a conversation with my kids. As I start reading through this book, I start making my mental list. Oh, I want to be ready. Next time I get a chance, I want to talk to Blake about his purity. At age 12, let me tell you that. That conversation, I don't want to wait until that conversation finds me. That's a conversation that I have to initiate. So I'm not having my The next time that we're in Walmart, we're checking out, you know, it's like cleavage aisle and the, the magazines that are there, right? And I use what's right there, right at his eye level, to start a conversation about the importance of dropping off the important seed of God. Okay. Or I tuck in uh, the value of how do we handle money. So I have, and I say, man, Kara's 16. Kara's making all kinds of money doing babysitting and whatever. When was the last time that I talked about the, the power and the importance of being generous? Not just with the money. But with her time and her effort and her understanding as well. We have these opportunities, parents. Here's what I love about this book it helps me to put some things on my mental list, and it gives me some ideas of how I can address that with my kids. So make a note of it, pass in the baton. Great book. I have it on my Kindle, so I know for sure it's available that way. And it takes back forever. But take a look at it. The important thing is, parents, to be ready ahead of time. Before, we're, uh, before these opportunities uh, come up. Here's the last key that I want to share with you. The last key is make the minutes matter. Now we call them teachable moments, but I think sometimes as parents we think to ourselves, oh boy, I really, that means I have to carve out like 30 minutes a day to have these conversations with my kids. And you know what the truth is? Two minutes, five minutes, 
eight minutes, the minutes that are done that are used intentionally can have a big a big a couple of minutes makes a huge difference. Okay? So please, as a parent, don't think oh, I don't have to see I can put out a whole evening so that I can take advantage of these four. Be ready as the season in the moment when you have the moment that doesn't come. Or have a short conversation. My friend Drew was telling me this story. He said, uh, uh, you know, I took uh, Victoria. That's his daughter. Uh, she's 17. They have a year and a couple of months left before she's out of house. But until she's 18. And he said, oh, I, I, got, I, I grabbed Victoria the other day. We went and, and hit an errand. And then we stopped by uh, Orange Leaf on the way home. And he said, you know what? I got something. She didn't want anything. When we sat there in the car, he said, you know what? I was amazed. We had this great conversation. I looked at my watch. Here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to leave with you, parents. Listen, there are some keys to taking advantage of teacher and one on one. Take your kids with you. Great opportunity to create one on one times with your kids, especially if you have more than one child at home, right? Always be ready. Be thinking, what's on the list? What are those things that you see that uh, uh, areas of character that you want to develop, uh, areas of success that you see your kids are doing well and that you want to affirm, uh, areas where you can help them uh, learn a skill or grow up, mature a little bit. You're beginning to make a list in your life. And you're ready for the opportunity to present yourself. And then just know that it doesn't take 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes. It can happen to And we plant those good seeds. And then we build on those seeds a little later. I want to spend some time um, praying for you guys. Because here's what I know faith is past from parents and kids in the moment. My prayer for you all as you leave, as you go out of here, using the tools that Jeff and the other uh, uh, family ministry uh, <coughs> group is making available to you. The, uh, the take-home uh, papers that you guys get every week, drive time, bedtime, uh, table time, those are awesome tools. Pick those up. Use those in these moments. Plant those seeds of let me pray for you all, because uh, you all are on the front line of the transfer of the right around your kitchen tables. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for being so clear and helping us um, with a strategy with a, the, the moments when we get a chance to plant seeds of faith in the life of our kids. And would you help us? have eyes to see those opportunities. Father, would you help us as parents to have a plan for those opportunities present themselves? Father, would you give us the courage 